Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM. My name is Austin. I'm BJ. And since this episode, it's airing on Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, big shopping holiday, at least in the States. I don't think that's a worldwide thing. But we figured since it's Black Friday, that it's the perfect time to put together our wish list. Uh, So we didn't focus on TVs or new smartphones or anything like that. But instead, we decided to come up with wish lists for what we'd like to see in Dragon Quest 12, which... I mean, I'm excited for. I know it's going to be years away, <laughs> yep. but but they're already thinking about it. They've said that they're working on like pre pre production stuff on it. That it's in the pipeline of things that are being uh, worked, like discussed and worked on and thought about. So I'm excited to see what what we get announced within the next year. Yeah, so. and I'm it, I'm trying to tell myself not to be too excited because I know it's going to probably be like 2022 or later before we get it. Um, yeah, and so I'm trying not to get too excited about it right now, but I mean, right now when we're recording this, there really hasn't been anything revealed about Dragon Quest 12 other than it's probably started pre pre development right now. And, and that's really all we know. So it seemed like a good time to kind of put together a Dragon Quest 12 wish list without having any kind of influence from rumors or anything, because it's so early right now that you really can't. There's really doesn't seem to be any rumors. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, uh, so what would we like to see in Dragon Quest 12? I'm going to jump straight to the one that you and I kind of both uh, wrote down on our list here is that you and I would both like to see a female protagonist. We'd both like to see a woman as the main character in a Dragon Quest game. And yeah, and not like the others where like four you can choose the male or female protagonist. I would like it to be, you know, this is the hero. Yeah, like a, re- a real this one, like is- the Luminary or like the hero in eight or something like that, where it's like, that's your hero. <laughs> yeah, where you don't, uh, you don't have one or the other, but one is, is technically canon. It's like, I want this to be canon. And it's, uh, I think that there could be a fantastic, after Teresa in two being so engaging. In, in, in heroes uh, too. In Heroes too, yeah, I, I was I was thinking it, but yeah, in Heroes too, uh, Teresa being so engaging and having such a good model and everything, and they do such a good job. It's like I would love that as being like the official like canon protagonist, and I would also love for it to be voiced over. I would I know I I know that we've talked about it in the past with the silent hero, but as I've done as I've thought about this, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, I would love to have a fully fleshed out, uh, narrative with them as a, as a voiced character, like one of the other party uh-huh. members. I, I don't think I want the hero to have a voice. Um, and the reason I don't is because anytime, and it's, you know, blame it on like the script, blame it on the actor, blame it on whatever you want to. There's just sometimes I feel like that 
I don't connect with the protagonists be- based on their voice in in video really? games. Yeah, like like the one that always comes to my mind is Titus in Final Fantasy X. He's mm. so whiny, and that voice actor does a ton of work, you know, and he does really good voiceover work. So I, I'm I, I'm inclined to think it's the script problem with the writing, but it's just that hero is so like whiny. And like he, right. he's such a punk about stuff sometimes. It's like, why don't you love me, Dad? Me. And it's just he's like so whiny, and I just like it makes me not like the character. And I feel like if Titus had been silent in ten, I would have been like, okay, this is a cool guy. He's got a pretty cool little sword. He's like good at underwater soccer. He he's like he seems like an all right guy. And I think I would have cared about him more instead of just kind of putting him off to the side as like this whiny person. Um, I mean, it can also make me care about the protagonist a whole lot more. Kind of like, uh, right. you know, a recent example of that would be like Rex in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, Rex is really likable. He's kind of a dum-dum. <laughs> and yeah. he's, but he he's a likable, uh, you know, he's a likable character and stuff. Dumb-dumb. And yeah, yeah, he's just, he's a, he's a goober. You can't help but, but, you know, like, you know. And so, um, so so it's kind of like 50-50 for me but i think i think really just the silent protagonist it's like i'd rather have a silent protagonist that i like because they're not saying anything than run the danger of like giving you a protagonist that like because of the voiceover and the script like makes you not like them very much and i've never had that really happen um, I mean, Tales of the Abyss is probably the oh closest, but I mean, that one, you're supposed to not like the main, the main but that, character. But speaking of Tales so, of the Abyss, I've never gotten far in that game because of the protagonist. I thought I wasn't going to either, and I got to a point where the other characters were being like, dude, look at what you're doing. You are terrible. I'm like, oh, they're going to use this as a story beat. And so I kept up with it, and turns out to be one of my favorite RPGs I played last year. And I, I like characters who have personalities whether or not i like them or not it's uh it makes the storytelling a little bit less awkward and a lot of times in 11 i noticed specifically that the the narrative would stop because it was either oh the luminary took the time to explain this overnight and then you you get this or another character's like wouldn't you rather do this isn't this what you said earlier or do you think we should say this 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 and this to them and it feels like a it feels awkward storytelling convention yeah. and i like when the character either has a voice or you know is just a part of the story itself i feel like it can make a more engaging narrative uh which i mean dragon quest is all about that uh, that tradition and keeping everything together but i don't think that would be an absurd evolution for the series to give because they already have a personality but give them a voice and i'm i'm actually surprised Based on how much you love Dragon Quest Nine, I'm actually surprised that you didn't say you just wanted like a completely customizable protagonist. <laughs> I thought about that, but it's not the protagonist that I like customizing. It's the party. It's that I mean, I like the customizing of that hero, but he still had uh, like he was still no matter if it was a, a male or female or however you customized it and named them, it was still that same story. They were still the hero, the protagonist, and uh, there's. The you know the official canon protagonist, but uh, I like being able to completely customize my party and have my own head cannon for them. I gotcha, and I think you know I I would really like uh, to have a, a 
female protagonist for 12. I think it would kind of shake up the series a bit and kind of uh, bring something new to the table um, where you have that kind of like, I mean, I guess Tara in Final Fantasy VI was kind of the first female protagonist, but you really didn't get a big, like, cool one until, like, Lightning, I guess, in thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I feel like uh, Dragon Quest could benefit from some of that, and I just think it'd be cool to have a female protagonist. I don't know, just to have a little variety, you know? It's kind of yeah. like, uh, like, we were talking about Star Ocean the other day, not on the show, but just in general, because mm-hmm. I really like the Star Ocean games. Um, and I was thinking in my head, uh, because I'm really excited for First Departure to come out, that uh, like Star Ocean, uh, like they have, so, there's something about it. Like every protagonist, almost every protagonist in a Star Ocean game is just a dude with blue hair. <laughs> mm, yeah, you're right. Not, not everyone, but yeah, almost everyone. Them, is just it, thinking about it. It's like, yeah, yeah. He's, it's just a guy with blue hair. And so um, I think, uh, you know, having a female protagonist would kind of, uh, mix things up a bit in an interesting way. And I agree with you about Teresa being a, in a good character model and being a good character from uh, Dragon Quest Heroes 2. And, you know, I mean, and Teresa is voice acted, completely voice acted, yep. and it works with the Heroes games. Um, but the opposite of that is Lazarel, who I know in last week's That's episode, true. you're talking about how much you hated him. And and if he was silent, you would probably like him because he, he's pretty good at combat and he, he like, can like dual wield weapons. Yeah, but I don't. I, maybe so. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's a point that you uh, you're right on this particular one. But I don't know. I don't know. It's a kind of a, a toss up for me because you're also right about Teresa. So being yeah, I guess it's kind of a catch twenty two. It's I don't know. There's probably no right answer. It's probably just it, it's just going to yeah. come down to personal preference. Maybe hey, you know, they could even do a thing where it's like you can turn on or off vo- the voiceover. You know what I'm saying? I mean, even yeah. even eleven yeah. S. You could turn on the hero's voice if you wanted to in 11S. Now, to be fair, I turned it off after turning. I know it on. I turned it off too, <laughs> and it because it wasn't really voice; it was him grunting was him, and being. He was weird. making link noises. It's what I think of as link noises, where he's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, when he's like jumping and <sighs> lunging. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's link noises. <laughs> yeah, it is, and they were annoying in it. And uh, it's not even like I like I've said before. Uh, it's not that he had a voice. It was that he was making those link noises. Like that's not turning on the hero's voice. That's obnoxious. So uh, so the next thing that's kind of on both of our lists uh, to some extent a little bit uh, is we're kind of toying around with the thought of like you know vocations. Is there, are there skill systems? Is there a combination of those? And I said that I think I think I would like vocations to return. Uh, I really like the character builder in eleven, but uh, I really like the vocation system, especially in Dragon Quest Seven. I'm not as big a fan of the character builder in eleven as you, so I'm good with it like going away. It's uh, it reminds me a lot of the sphere grid system and the uh, license board stuff in twelve and Final Fantasy twelve, and those are my least favorite kinds of customization. Mm-hmm. Where I like the combination of vocations and skills in nine a lot. Like I know that you like uh, vocations in seven better, but I like the being able to to really basically make powerhouses in nine, grabbing all of the best uh, skills from all the class. Classes I want and putting them together on the main class. Yeah, that I like. and the reason I like sevens better is just because nines it's a lot more grindy. 
you know, you start back at zero, you, you have to, some of the jobs you even have to do like quests for, and some of the quests are like really obnoxious RNG stuff uh, to, yeah, to, you're uh, right. to unlock are. those jobs. And it's like the, the vocations in seven, it's like, you know, you master them, you make these hybrid classes, and then maybe there's even a hybrid after the hybrid. And I don't know, it was just a lot of fun. It was my favorite part of Dragon Quest seven. And I spent, you know, lots and lots of hours just fighting in seven because it was so fun. I love doing the vocations and the same thing for Dragon Quest six. I had sevens is just a more refined version of Dragon Quest sixes, but that's why I love Dragon Quest six so much was because of the vocations. And so I think for me, if I had to choose one or the other, if I had to go with like a skill system, kind of like eight um, and, and, you know, 11 is basically just that skill system. It's just more visual. Um, if I had to choose between that or vocations, I, I'm going to go with vocations. <laughs> and I, I think I would go with the skill system over that because sometimes it lets you have more, uh, more uh, personal personality within the characters. I guess um, like Eleven did uh, in that regard, and Eight. Where the characters just they kind of represent the vocation already. Kind of like right, Jade is yeah. very obviously a martial artist from her just her outfit to her moves exactly. and stuff but it just uh so so yeah i mean i, I guess I, I can see that and um i guess it's just the it's not even the it's not that i just want people to have a vocation i think it's the actual system of like you master a class you master a class it. and then you master this other class and you unlock a new job and then you can master that one and unlock another one and i just i like that yeah. kind of stuff and so i think for me that's why uh, i lean towards vocations more than just the skill systems um, and I will say that you were talking about going and playing seven, just fighting. That's what I did in nine because it was kind of grindy because you had to uh, uh, start from zero with them. I would keep a party of really high level, like a couple of people and then reset a couple more, then go metal slime hunting. And then as I leveled those up, I would be able to swap in and out. Uh, kind of had like this uh, this rotation system going on that I could hit. And I had a lot of fun doing that on uh, on just grinding slimes in the liquid metal slimes in the tombs. I loved doing that, just uh, leveling up different vocations and, and uh, skills. And, and with nine, I feel like I never really had to, like I pretty much with nine, I just kept the classes that I started out with. Like, I, yeah, really? like I... I mean, I mean, I did turn my warrior into a gladiator. Um, uh, no, I think my hero was the gladiator. What's the other warrior type class that's have? There's one that uses there's one that uses swords and ones that use spears. And my hero used the spear, which I think is gladiator. I know priest used spear. There's paladin. 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 Uh, okay, one of my maybe it was my hero was the paladin and my warrior was the gladiator. Either way. Okay. I did do some of those, but like I, I kept a mage, I kept a priest the whole time because you unlock sage so late in that game. And to, to me with nine, because the because there's so much post-game content, I feel like with nine, you can just kind of beat it with the vocations you start with. Like it, oh, and then you can do a lot more vocation manipulation and experimentation after in the post-game with nine. And so yeah. but I feel like in seven, like you kind of, and six, you have to put in some effort with mastering the classes and unlocking new jobs and stuff if you want to for, like for real. beat the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I did a lot of mine before I went to uh, the Gortress 
was where I I'd done a lot of grinding and stuff before then. So the end of the game was very easy for me because I was just having fun and didn't want yeah. to move forward. I got you. And that's to a certain extent. That's how it was for me too, because especially the, the last like third of dragon quest nine has some of my favorite areas in like any dragon quest game. Um, yeah. I just, I really like all of, uh, a lot of those areas, uh, like the Gortress that you mentioned, uh, and th- the bosses, yeah. the enemies are really fun. And I like that. Um, so, uh, before we keep talking about more things we would like on our dragon quest 12 wish list, we forgot it last week, but this week let's talk about some shameless self-promotion shameless. Oh man. What? <laughs> that, was, that, was like, <laughs> that wasn't even a song. That was just like a bummer, dude. <laughs> Um, so, um, so as you guys know, uh, we have a Patreon page, uh, where, uh, you know, you can help support this podcast and we really appreciate it. If you do, uh, you can get lots of cool stuff. You can get a sticker, you can get a discord roll. You get a real nice thank you, uh, on an episode. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, choose a topic for us to discuss. We did one of those just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so you can get lots of cool uh, thanks uh, for being one of our Patreon patrons. And since yesterday, uh, not the day we're recording it, but the day this airs, yesterday was Thanksgiving. Uh, so we just want to say that we're thankful uh, for you guys. And uh, thanks for listening uh, to our episodes. You know, we've done this almost 30 times, almost 30 weeks now uh, that we've had this podcast. Nuts. So thank you guys. And uh, shout out to all of our patrons, uh, old and new. Uh, really quickly, I just wanted to say thank you to all of them because it's not. It's not a ton of people in no particular order, but, uh, you know, BJ and I do really appreciate you guys. Uh, so in honor of Thanksgiving, thank you to Andy, to DJ Pimp Daddy, to fun to mop, uh, game apartment one C Justin, Andrew Mason, Mike sweet, Steve Whitcamp, Todd Sullivan, Ty Robertson, Vanessa's people's mom and Wesley Ray to all the patrons old and new. Uh, thank you guys for uh, supporting us, whether it was for a couple of months or this whole time or, just since last week. Uh, we love you guys and appreciate all of you. The next thing I just wanted to talk about is Dragon Quest Christmas <laughs> sweaters, because now that Thanksgiving is out of the way, I can talk about Christmas. Um, because I think you mentioned this on another episode that like I super duper unironically love Christmas. Yes, absolutely love it. It is. You're right. Unironically. Like, like, like kid Christmas too. Like it's not even like any kind of like classy swanky Christmas or anything. Like mm-hmm. I like kid Christmas. So anyway, I found these Dragon Quest Christmas sweaters that I know I texted you about them. Did you yep. end up buying one? I haven't bought one yet. I have a Zelda one that's like that uh, okay. that I'm I'm thinking about wearing around. Gotcha. So, uh, so I, I've have I have some different cool Christmas sweaters. I feel like I've gotten over the years. I have a cool eight bit uh, Final Fantasy sweater. I have mm-hmm. like a pretty got a pretty cool Disney one last year. Uh, this year, uh, I found this Dragon Quest one uh, and. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, the artist's name is Jason. He goes by Django Snow online. You can check out his website at DjangoSnow.com. You can see his art pretty much any online shirt retailer, TeePublic, Redbubble, T-Fury, any of that kind of stuff. Yep. So just wanted to mention that during our like community spotlight segment because I thought it was really cool. Uh, there's a really cool design uh, that he has that's like monsters in the shape of, it's like the emblem uh, of Roto, like the like Erdrich symbol, yeah. Um, and, but it's the monsters, the monsters form to make that symbol. 
and That's it looks really cool. I haven't super seen that cool. One. Yeah, it's something that I know you would love. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I was trying to stay focused on the on the holiday sweater this uh, uh, when I was um, looking up at the store the other day. So uh, anyway, so I'm excited. It should be. I got a shipping notification on it uh, today, the day that we're recording this. I know we're recording this uh, kind of in advance. So hopefully by the time this episode airs, I will have it. I'm going to oh. take a picture with it because I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, expect some pictures for uh, of this uh, coming up on Twitter, at least. So uh, so let's get on back to the episode with our Dragon Quest Twelve wish list. Um, yep. So talked about protagonists, talked about vocation, skill systems, that kind of stuff, voiceovers. Uh, for me, in terms of uh, story, I would like for it to tie into Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, okay. I would like for it to be a standalone story, but it relates kind of like uh, like Dragon Quest one through three, uh, yeah. especially, but also kind of like four and six a little bit where I think that's the direction the series is headed just based off the like the true ending of 11 and everything. Yeah. Who who really knows? But um, but in my mind, at least, I think 12 will kind of be sort of related to 11. And that's that's my hope, because I, I like I like how. Dragon Quest games can be standalone, but like if you've played the other ones, they can, uh, like it's like you get more out of it, I guess, if you've played the other ones, but there's Mm -hmm. also like Easter eggs and things like that you find along the way. So for me, I would like it standalone, uh, but that it, but that it relates and ties into 11. Um, where do you stand on that? I think that that's probably where they're going. I kind of like the idea of it. And I like what you were saying about how it's Easter eggs throughout it, where it's not so much like Final Fantasy, where you just have characters named Sid and Biggs and Wedge and all this. You have uh, in Dragon Quest, you'll actually have Easter eggs that tie the games together so much uh, as having the same kind of conventions. And I would like that because of the way that they did the true ending in 11. I would love to see a lot more uh, tied together, and especially with Tickington, the way that they've done Yochi Village uh, in the Japanese one and uh, kept it, you know, tying together with time and going and visiting all the other game worlds. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be able to do that with making it a standalone story while still... uh, kind of doing a multiverse kind of thing maybe Mm -hmm. yeah and so without spoilers uh i there is an interview with yuji hori where he's talking about i'm pretty sure it's at the end of the art book that released with the dragon quest 11 collector's edition okay uh that i got for ps4 where they uh there's really good interviews in the back and i'm pretty sure it's in that one uh that yuji hori is talking about where in his mind uh, he thinks of Dragon Quest 1 through 10 as like a series inside of a box. And Dragon Quest 11 is like the beginning of a new box. Mm, yeah, I remember you telling me about right? that. Right? And so obviously, you know, Dragon Quest 11 has callbacks and references to the other Dragon Quest games. Yeah. But I, I, my like guess, based on having read that interview and him saying that, and then just also the ending of 11, um, I feel like, 12 is going to tie into 11 and um i'm about to say a very minor spoiler so you might want to skip ahead 30 seconds here if you don't want to hear that but because because 11 takes place like so much earlier than the rest of them um i assume that the next few games like in the box to use like yuji hori's metaphor i assume that like all of those are going to be set way in the distant past like 11 was well it'd also be cool is to be set in the very distant future 
of all of this stuff like we, way it, way way in the future oh so you're saying you would kind of like to see like a sci-fi setting i would i would love a sci-fi setting but not even so much that but just have everything with erdrick have everything with the luminary all of uh the zenithia everything be like true legends in the past uh-huh. Uh-huh. and be like have its own new set of uh of mythology that only occasionally refers back to those would be kind of cool i gotcha yeah i I would not like a sci-fi setting. <laughs> I love um, sci-fi settings in pretty much everything, though. See, I like sci-fi settings if they're meant to be that. Like, I love the Xenosaga games. Um, I mm-hmm. love the Star Ocean games. You know, those are sci-fi, pretty sci-fi heavy RPGs. Yeah, but they are. But I also like my high fantasy JRPGs, and I, 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 I like that Dragon Quest is a high fantasy JRPG. Right. So for me, I don't know that I would want to see like spaceships or like uh, anything too crazy, you know, like like traveling between planets and things like that, like Star Ocean. I don't know that I would necessarily want that in a Dragon Quest game. Um, I definitely don't think I would want a modern setting like fi- the direction Final Fantasy has gone. Right. Um, like I would not like that. I think I, I really like Dragon Quest to stay in the high high fantasy. Even if it takes place like, you know, a thousand years in the future, a thousand years in the past, wherever on the timeline, I would definitely uh, prefer it to remain uh, in just a high fantasy setting. Man, I would totally love a modern setting for Dragon Quest in like a Pokemon style modern world. That would be kind of neat to me. Well, you should go play the new uh, Yakuza game. It's going to be a turn based (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, that, that I'm could actually be, looking that could be your modern Dragon Quest game. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, um, I noticed on your list you have a, a multiplayer mode. Right. I would love it. I would love it so much. And not like the multiplayer mode in nine that uh, it has to be local at this point, uh, but a, a multiplayer mode that's kind of like the Fantasy Star Online model where you have a single player campaign, but can also jump into a campaign with other people. Like, I would love that for like you and me being able to just uh, hop in and do some stuff together and hop back out. Like, I'd love, 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 love being well, that's, able to do that's that. How, that's how nines is, right? Can't you do that with nine where you go over to your friend's world and you can help them play through story you don't get anything for it but you can help them out uh it may be i'm not 100 percent sure because i haven't done it like you don't get to control your character i don't know i like, don't know how it works honestly. like you and i you and i both played nine after the uh yes. servers or whatever closed up yeah. and we also did not play it at the same time yeah, um, so, so i have no idea how that actually so works. we didn't get a chance to experiment with the multiplayer uh, very much. My understanding was that you can do the character loaning like you're talking about, but that you can also like go into your friend's game with them and be one of the party members. But can you run around like in the world with them? Yeah, that's my understanding is that I you can it was just that. battle that you were in with. And but maybe I'm, I'm wrong on that, but yeah, that's I, what I would like kind of a running around in the world together, exploring and uh, playing it like Fantasy Star. Yeah, the way the way I understood it was that you can do that, but that you don't get like if like if I'm in your world, I don't get items like when monsters drop stuff. Okay, you always get it. You know how in nine it always says something about like blah 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 greedily pockets the loot, like things like that. I think that's where it's coming from. But again, you know, I didn't play this. Yeah, I've only read about it, so it's just how I'm understanding all of it done. 
So that's that's the kind of thing I would like the br- bringing back the multiplayer uh-huh. uh, into it and uh, not and I would actually be okay with DLC packs, uh, but not microtransaction DLC. Like I'm really glad that uh, 11s had everything packed all together. Yes, but even if they did like a Xenosaga style or not Xenosaga, but Xenoblade style DLC like a Torna, I would be cool with. Like just a big update of hey, here's some story and here's a self-contained story that ties into this. I would be all about that. Gotcha. So, so when you say multiplayer mode, another another game that we didn't even bring up, Dragon Quest Heroes Two, where you go, you go to like yeah. the portals and you go down and fight together and play mm-hmm. together and stuff. That's kind of what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah, stuff like that. I would love that to be involved in a main uh, mainline Dragon Quest game. Yeah, that could be cool. I I rarely ever do anything multiplayer. Um, so for me, that would just be one of those things I think that like if I saw it was a feature in the game, I'd be like, cool. And I don't know if I would ever like touch it because uh, so rarely do I ever um like I, I rarely play multiplayer games and I rarely do stuff like that, you know, other than outside of like, you know, like you and I will team up and try something out just to see what it's like. Right. But then I never go back to it, you know? So it's, I love online games. So yeah, that that is a big difference in yours and my play style is that I uh, I do love me some online games. So for me, another one that probably this might be the thing I would most like to see in Dragon Quest 12. Maybe out of any of the other stuff we've talked about in this episode is that really? I I really hope we get at least one, maybe even a few like non-human playable characters. Yeah. Uh because I mean, I guess you can count Ruff in in Dragon Quest Seven, because mm-hmm. he's technically, I guess, a wolf that gets turned into a little boy. But, but he's not like a mer person or something. Like right, and I, and I, and I love those. Yeah, that was one of my examples. The Weddies from Dragon Quest Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think those look really cool, and I think Dragon Quest Ten has some really cool like non-human uh, races in them. Yeah, and I would love, love, love to see that in dragon quest 12 i would love to i mean it's a fantasy game and outside of like being able to recruit monsters and like five and six and things like that and getting to you know turn into a monster and play as that in like seven but outside of that kind of stuff there's not like um like humanoid races that you get to play as you know right and i I would really like to do that like even in even in dragon quest 10 a lot of them are called like ogres and dwarves and stuff but they don't look like yep. what you think of when you what ogres or dwarves would right it doesn't look like, look like shrek and gimli you know running around. Yeah. Um, yeah and so um so i would like to see i would like to see some of that kind of stuff almost like um kind of like uh like breath of the wild you know the way it had mm-hmm. like the had uh, the different uh species like that i would love to for there to be uh, that kind of thing in a Dragon Quest game. Yeah, that would be really cool because I've looked at uh, 10 and then uh, been like, man, that's that's really cool. And we don't get any of that over here. So having that in 12 would be uh, would be neat, even if it's a party member or, you know, we talked about a uh, uh, female protagonist have the ability to have a uh, even if you have that, have a hero who's not a human. Yeah, that could be cool, too. I just I tend to like those characters a lot, kind of like uh, Fran in Final Fantasy twelve. Um, you know, Final Fantasy nine has a ton of them. Uh, yep. You have what's his name, Tora in uh, Xenoblade Chronicles mm-hmm. two. Yep. So yeah, I would definitely like to 
like to see that because I always, and maybe it's because it's kind of like the Star Wars thing for me because I always appreciated all the like background aliens in those movies. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so maybe it's that part of me that just, just would really like it. But I think more than any of the stuff we've discussed today, really, that's probably at the top of my list is I would just like to see other races that aren't humans. Um, yeah. kind of like Dragon Quest 10 has. I would like to see I that. Absolutely see that. I hadn't thought about that until I saw it on your list. I'm like, yeah, that would be, that would be really neat because I just kind of take it for, I don't even say I take it for granted. It's just, I look at uh, Dragon Quest 10 and I just like, Oh, we don't get that, <laughs> but we could, we could, we could. And I want it. As long as it, I just, I don't think 12 is going to be an MMO. I really hope it's not. God, um, I hope not. I, I, I do not like uh, numbered like franchises like this, having a numbered entry be an MMO, whether it's Final Fantasy or Dragon Quest or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, not a fan of that, especially if it's never coming out in English. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but hopefully we've got enough traction now and they're selling well enough that we have a good chance of getting these in english now oh yeah i think uh i am going to buy copies of dragon quest 11 s to give out to like different family members this year that would be hilarious like my my brother and uh maybe uh like my cousin Jaden, just some different people that i that i know would like it if they played it um but like uh, maybe they haven't bought it themselves, so I'll just you know yeah. buy it and try to get them hooked. <laughs> I'll be their dealer. <laughs> I'll, give, be... I'll give them one, <laughs> get That's... them hooked, and then they have to pay for all the rest of them. <laughs> That's kind of the way I'm not that in particular, but I I thought about this, and it's like I've bought every version of Dragon Quest Eleven. I have the PC version, I have the uh, Dragon or uh, PS4 version, and I have two copies of the Switch version because I forgot that I ordered a physical version alongside the digital one that I uh, decided to buy. Uh-huh. So apparently, I have supported buying Eleven a lot. Yeah. So you, you did your share. <laughs> I did. Now now do yours. So uh, I guess that about does it for today's episode uh, with our Dragon Quest Twelve wish list. Uh, if you guys have something else you would love to see in Dragon Quest Twelve, be sure and tell us. Uh, you can tell us on Twitter, uh, which is at DragonQuestFM. Uh, you can email it to us. Our email is social at DragonQuest.FM. Uh, you can even... Uh, leave us a voice message and tell us all about it. If you want to talk about it for a while, we love listening to those. Uh, that is at dragonquest.fm. You can do that from our main page, right? Uh, I think you have to do it on the anchor page. So anchor.fm slash dragonquest, you'll be able to uh, see the leave a message button. All right, cool. Uh, and then remember, if you want to talk to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Austin underscore King. You can also read my weekly Dragon Quest blog. That's at dragonquestaustin.com. And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beege. You can listen to me on the geek to geek podcast every week as well. We're also part of a media network, so you can go to geek to geekmediacom check out all the other content, and join us on Slack and Discord to be able to hang out and talk more. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Da-da-da-da.